Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. This morning, and so uh, I want you, if you will, to take your Bible and turn with me. Uh, I'm not going to be long, uh, but I... I want to speak to the area that I believe today that God has uh, given me the assignment this morning to give you a word that will, uh, that I believe will encourage you. And uh, so I, I want to do that this morning, but we're so glad that uh, you've joined us. Thank you so much, those of you that are here in the sanctuary. Thank you for coming uh, and being here this morning. And uh, I want you to encourage your neighbors if, and let them know that it's uh, safe to come. Let them know that uh, the, the doors are open. We're open for business. Amen. Amen. And uh, so I uh, want to encourage them to come back when they can, when they feel uh, right to do so. And those of you that are watching on live stream, we're so glad that you've joined us today. And so going to ask you if we'll take your Bible and turn with me please to the book of John chapter 15 John chapter 15 and I want to begin with one verse and then we're going to um, back up a little bit and catch some more but I want to talk to you this morning on the subject of what's feeding you what's feeding you in other words, what are you allowing to come in to your mind that is thus feeding your spirit? You see, the Bible says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith, and, and that is tied to the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it ties faith comes through the Word of God. So faith to believe that nothing is impossible with God comes through the Word of God. Faith for me to believe that God is going to sustain me comes through the Word of God. But I want you to understand this. There are many different kinds of faith. We talk about our faith, which is, or my faith, which is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are other people that have different faith. But you can have faith in negative things just as much as you can have faith in a holy God. But you see, when you take off the word of God with that scripture, then it's nothing but faith. And that is a that would begin to be a fleshly faith. Because anything that is void of the word of God has no foundation to base its belief on. So when I say that I've got faith, I am saying my faith is founded upon the everlasting 
all-powerful, never-ending, never-failing Word of God. But if I don't allow my faith to be fed by the Word of God, my faith will shift and I will begin to put faith in things other than the Word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you see, in our situation that we're in today, in our, in our culture today, one of the, one of the uh, big things is, is that even people in the church have allowed what they're hearing to become what they're believing. And what they're hearing is not necessarily the Word of God. So I want to talk to you this morning about what is feeding you. John chapter 15 and verse 11. These things Jesus is speaking, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Jesus is saying, and he's speaking to his disciples, and he's saying this, these things, and we're going to look at these things. These things have I, Jesus, spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. My joy, talking about the joy that comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus said that my joy might remain in you. That word remain kind of gives us a little insight that there's going to be a challenge on your joy. It kind of lets us know that, that uh, there's going to be a, 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 a challenge that's going to come against the joy. Jesus said, I've spoken these things to you. I've delivered my word to you that my joy might remain in you. And then that your joy might be full. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take your seat. Hallelujah. First of all, let me, let me kind of define the word, what, what Webster's Dictionary gives the definition of the word joy. So I want to give it to you this morning. The word joy in the dictionary is the emotion, the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing one's desires. So that's what Webster's dictionary, or actually mine is, is the Oxford dictionary that's the definition of joy that comes out of that dictionary it is an emotion that is evoked by well-being in other words as long as everything is good with me long as everything is is going my way I have joy as long as I uh, am experiencing success I have joy as long as I have a bright future, 
and I'm looking into the future and everything is looking good, I have joy. That is the definition of the world's joy. It is an emotion. It is based on what I am seeing with my eyes. It is based on what I am experiencing around me. The world's joy is conditional upon the circumstances that are around me. In other words, uh, with a storm coming in today, many people have lost their joy because they're fearful of the unknown. They're fearful about what's going to happen. But you see, the joy that I want to talk to you about this morning is not a joy that can be described by the Oxford Dictionary. Because it is a joy that is not based upon my success. It is a joy that's not based upon what is going on around me. It is a joy that's not even based on my uh, perspective of my future, that everything's going to be bright in my future. But it is a joy that is, that is produced on the inside of me of a joy of an eternal significance. Now, so let's go back up to verse 1 of John chapter 15. And I want to I share, remember what we said in, in John 15 verse 11. Jesus said these things. And I believe it's important that we understand what he was talking about when he said these things I have spoken to you that my joy might remain in you. One of the big reasons that people lose their joy is they don't pay attention to these things. All right. But in John chapter 15, beginning with verse 1, these are the things that Jesus was talking about. He said, I am the vine, the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. He said, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And then he said in verse 3, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And here's the key. Look at verse 4. Here's the key. Jesus said this, abide in me. And I know this might be elementary to a lot of people. And a lot of people might say, oh, pastor, I, I, I read that scripture all the time and all of that. Well, then where's your joy? If it's an elementary truth, if it's an elementary word, then why is it that so many people are walking under a cloud of oppression. If it is a word that, that the church hears over and over and over again, then why is it that so many people in the body of Christ are living in depression? Why is it that, that 30-something thousand people are changing jobs across the United States, not because uh, they're wanting to move up in their career, but that, that it, it's saying that they're changing jobs because they have lost a meaning for work. 
You see, we're in a, we're in a place today where uh, the battles that we're fighting are coming in blindsiding people. And it has hit the body of Christ. It, the reason that the things that we're facing today are demonic is because of the effect that it is having on the body of Christ. Because the body of Christ has been, been hit like uh, upside the head and we're staggering and we're stumbling and struggling and we seem to have lost our purpose and lost our passion and now all we're worried about is what's going to be tomorrow. Uh, uh, am I going to uh, get COVID or am I not? What's going to happen with the world? What's going to happen with the government and all of that? And, and we've lost our focus. And as a result of losing our focus, we've lost the joy of the Lord. Instead of being able to stand in the face of, of, of sorrow and hell and, and give people hope now, we are the ones that are needing to get hope because we've lost our direction. So I'm, I'm standing here this morning and, and I'm... Uh, I want to give you a word that will encourage you, but I want to give you a word that will allow you to walk out of this building today and will allow you to walk out of your house tomorrow perhaps with a joy in your life that you can tell others, listen, nobody wants to hear about a depressing God. Nobody wants to hear uh, out of your mouth of depression how good God is. It's hard for me to stand and say God is so awesome. I got I got a droopy lip and I'm I'm worried and I'm stressed out and and I'm this and that and and all of this listen God is saying church it is time it is time for kings to rise up and recognize that you are royalty that you've been called by God you don't have a reason to hold your head down you say but pastor you don't realize what I've been through and what I'm going through. Remember this, and you've got to hold on to this. I don't realize it. I don't know where you are and where you've been. But the joy that I'm talking to you about this morning is a joy that will take you through the valley of the shadow of death and bring you out on the other side with a, with a knowledge of knowing that no matter what happens, that's the reason that Job could say, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. That's the reason the Word of God says, count it all joy when you go into these diverse temptations. It's the reason the word says, don't be weary in well-doing, because in due season you will reap. Listen, Jesus said in verse 4, he said, abide in me and I in you. Notice that. Abide in me and I in you. Listen, that word abide simply means to remain, to continue in, to live in. All right, Jesus said, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. Remember what I was saying earlier? That faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
Remember, the title of the message is, What is Feeding You? What, what are you allowing to feed your mind and to feed your spirit? I said this before, and I'll say it again. The best day of your life will be when you turn the TV off, shut down the Facebook, and shut down the voices that are speaking into your ear about doubt, negativity, and all the above. I've had so many people ask me, Pastor, what do I need to do here? What do I need to do, Pastor? And, I'll, and I've got to where I'll tell them. TV off, Facebook down, face in the Word, pray, and let Holy Spirit speak to your heart. They said, well, I, I don't know if I could hear. I said, the biggest thing about Holy Spirit is that wherever he leads you, he'll lead you with peace. You can walk in to the, to the worst battle of your life and have a peace and know that God's going to take care of it. You see, what we need is the peace of God. That was a rabbit trail, all right? But notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, abide in me. Listen, in order to maintain the joy that God wants us to have, that Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, that lets me know that, that it is God's will for his joy to remain in me. It is not God's plan for the joy of the Lord to dissipate because I'm going through a trial. All right? God wants his joy to remain in his people. And here's the key of having the joy of the Lord to remain in us. It is to abide in him. Abide in him. You've got to guard yourself against those things that the enemy would come at you with that will penetrate your hearing and penetrate your mind and get in your heart that will cause you to begin to walk in doubt and fear. So we've got to realize that if we're not careful, we, are, we will be entertaining the very things that is robbing us of our joy. It's the reason that, that we're always telling our children, telling Braley constantly, we told the other girls on a constant basis, what you watch, what you listen to, will have a great effect on whether or not you have joy and peace in your life. When you sit and listen and entertain things that are contrary to the Word of God, you can't expect to get up and walk in the joy of the Lord. When you allow words to come out of your mouth that don't line up with the Word of God, then you wonder what happened to my joy. When you allow things to come across uh, uh, in your living room that are contrary to the Word of God, then don't wonder what happened to your joy. Because there are joy stealers everywhere. 
But Jesus said, abide in me. And he said, if you abide in me and I in you, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abides in the vine. And he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Listen. Jesus said in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, He said, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What I have to understand, and listen, I can't stand here today and say I'm some super spiritual superman of where I don't get discouraged every once in a while, and I don't get frustrated every once in a while. But I can't stand here today and tell you that I know where my joy lies. Amen. And if I'm not careful, I will get busy or I will get misfocused and I will lose my joy. Listen, people will make you lose your joy. Some of the stuff that's going on nowadays will make you lose your joy. But this is the time that the body of Christ needs to shine its brightest. This is the time where we who supposedly have the answer to life's problems need to stand up and say, hey, I know the answer. God didn't call us to agree with everything that's going on around us. Sometimes God has called us to stand in the middle of the flow of the stream of life and say, hold up, wait a minute. The direction that you're going is going to lead you down a path that you don't need to go. I've got the answer. But you see, in order for me to be able to give the answer, I've got to know the answer. I can't give you joy when I'm depressed. I can't give you life when I'm walking in death. I have to have a relationship with him that something comes out of me called the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is working in me, not out of my own flesh, but it's working out of me because I am a, a branch that is connected to the vine. Can I tell you something this morning? As long as the branch is connected to the vine, it's going to bear fruit according to the likeness of the vine. But once the branch is separated from the vine, it will wither away and die. Our strength is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in Jesus Christ. My peace is in Jesus Christ. My healing is in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he says, I am the vine and you are the branch. I was thinking about that today. Judas. Judas was one that was, that was purged from the vine. Because Judas made decisions that were selfish decisions. He allowed the, the, the desires of the world to lead him even though he was walking side by side with the master, with the son of God, Judas allowed the desires of the world and the lust of life to, to pull him away from what 
God wanted him to have. And because of that, he followed those desires and he lost fellowship with God. Peter, on the other hand, was there right beside Judas, followed Jesus, witnessed the miracles, the signs and wonders that Jesus did. Peter also messed up. When you, when you put them side by side, the sin was very little difference in it. All right? But yet, Peter was pruned, but he came back and bore better fruit. See, so what I believe that, that happens many times is that, that we're in situations in our lives where that pruning process is taking place. And because we don't want to be pruned, we wind up separating ourselves from the vine. But those that are willing to allow the pruning process. That's where many of you have been. You've been in a pruning process and you, you said, well, pastor, I ain't got nothing else to prune. He done cut off all my leaves, all my little shoots and all that. I don't have nothing else to prune. You see, but, but every branch has to go through a pruning process because at the end of the day the pruning process allows me to bear more fruit the key to it is to understand that I stay connected with the vine you see the difference between Jesus being the vine and a natural vine is that if I don't want to be connected to the vine I can disconnect So it's important that we stay connected to the vine because the greatness of who he is inside of me, the strength, the vitality that flows from the vine is flowing in and through me. Do you realize that this morning? Do you really understand today that, listen, it's not about how you're feeling. It's not about what you're going through in your life. It's not about what you're experiencing but it is about the life of the vine that is flowing through you. And if that life is flowing through you and in you, then 1 John 4, 4 is your verse. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You see, Jesus went on down and, and talked about he talked about this joy that the disciples, uh, he wanted the disciples to have. And on down in verse 19, or actually verse 18 of chapter 15, and, and I'm, I'm going to wind this up. In, in verse 18, Jesus talked about how the world, the relationship between the world and the disciples and he said if the world hate you you know that it hated me before it hated you 
If you were of the world, then the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said unto you, that the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they also will persecute you. If they keep my saying, then they will keep yours as well. Now listen to this. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. Now listen. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they would not have had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. And he that hateth me hateth my father as well. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, then they would not have sinned. But now they both have seen and hated both me and the Father. But listen to this. But this cometh to pass that the world might, word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Now listen. I want you to go over to chapter 16. And I want you to notice something else. In chapter 16 and verse 17. Now, remember what Jesus said in, in John 15 and verse 11. And I'm trying not to confuse you with all the scripture. But in John 15 11, Jesus said, These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Prior to that, he said, You are the branch, I am the vine. If you abide in me and I abide, then I will abide in you. And my word will abide in you and you can bring forth much fruit. All right. So in John chapter 16 and verse 19, keep your, keep your eyes on, on joy. In verse, uh, John 16 and verse 17, I'm sorry. Jesus said uh, some of his disciples among themselves, then said some of his disciples among themselves, what is this that he's saying to us? A little while and you shall not see me. And again, a little while and you shall see me because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that, that he's saying? A little while. We cannot tell what he's saying. Jesus in verse 19 said, Do you inquire among yourselves of what I said a little while and you shall not see me? And again, a little while and you shall see me? And what Jesus was saying was this. What Jesus was talking to his disciples about was, in a little while, I'm going to the cross. In a little while, I'm going to suffer and give my life for you. But what he was saying was, he was saying that in a little while, there's going to be some things that's going to happen in your life and around your life that if you're not careful and you're not paying attention to the word that I've already spoken to you, you will lose your joy and you will lose your focus and you will lose the very faith that I have planted in you. In verse 20, Jesus said this, and I say unto you that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. You shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. In other words, Jesus was, was giving them a word there that was saying, when I go to the cross, 
when I give myself on the cross, the world is going to rejoice. Hell is going to rejoice. You, in a moment, are going to stand there and you're going to weep and lament because I am on the cross and I am giving my life for you. Look at verse 21. And Jesus gives an example of a woman when she is in travail, hath sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. So Jesus gives a picture there of a woman in birth pains. I don't know about y'all, but when my wife was in birth pains, uh, I knew not to talk to her about the next child. <laughs> I knew not to go up and say, baby, isn't this awesome? We're going to have two or three more. Because I knew that the pain and the anguish that she was in, that probably that was going to be the last one. But almost immediately after the birth of that child, everything changes. Everything. The pain is forgotten and the looking forward to raising a family comes again. You now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man takes from you. That's in verse 22. I want you to notice that. And you now therefore have sorrow, because Jesus had told them, not only did he tell them that I'm the vine and you're the branch, but he told them, he said, it is expedient for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. In other words, Jesus was setting the stage of, guys, I'm not going to be with you very much longer. I'm about, to, I'm about to fulfill the divine purpose for which I came to this earth. And I'm not going to be with you anymore. You're not going to be able to reach out and take me by the hand. You're not going to be able to sit at the table with me and have dinner anymore because I'm about to go away and leave. And so as he was saying that, the disciples all of a sudden had lost the joy that Jesus said, these things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. You see, in a moment of time, ladies and gentlemen, things can happen in your life that will rob you of your joy. In a minute, you're standing up here and you're, you're the king and, and you've got the devil by the head and all of that and, and the joy of the Lord is your strength and you're walking in power and authority and then the next second, something can happen. The phone can ring. You can read something on Facebook. You can see something on the news and all of a sudden that joy has left the joy of the Lord is no longer there and you're holding your head down and you're wondering what am I going to do now it can happen in a moment and it's happened already it is happening even now there are some that are watching me this morning and you're saying what happened to my joy listen remember the words that Jesus said these things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you? John 15, verse 11. So you see what was happening. What was happening was that Jesus was preparing his disciples for his crucifixion. 
And in verse 22, he said, You now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no, more, no man can take from you. I believe that what Jesus was saying is this, that right now you've got sorrow because you don't have the full revelation. Can I say that again? That's a lot better than y'all let on. I believe that what Jesus was talking about was that right now you're dealing with sorrow. But there's going to come a time when you're going to rejoicing is going to come back. And when, listen, listen, when rejoicing comes back, the joy that is produced in that rejoicing, no man will be able to take it away. Now catch, catch what I'm saying. They were in sorrow because they didn't have the revelation that was coming. Remember what we've always said about this thing about revelation. You can turn on TV, watch a preacher on TV, and he can have some good revelation. You can listen to preachers preach, and man, they can give you some good revelation, and you can write it down in a notebook or something like that. And it's, it's gone. But there is no revelation like the revelation that the revelator gives to you. There is no revelation like what you get when you're going through a season of sorrow and you're dealing with some issues in your life. Listen, isn't it awesome? Isn't it amazing how these things go? That the disciples now, they're in sorrow because Jesus said, I've got to go away, guys. I'm about to leave here and I because my purpose is about up on this earth. And they were sorrowful about it. He said, but don't worry because there will be a day that your rejoicing will come back and your joy won't be taken from you again. So what he was saying was, and you can, go, you can look at it in Scripture in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus spoke many times. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Destroy this temple in three days, I'll build it back. Jesus did, it wasn't a secret that Jesus was going to resurrect. But yet the disciples never got that revelation. But Jesus said there's coming a day that your rejoicing is going to come back. Why? Because they're going to be able to see him that was crucified. Walk through the walls of a room. Speak to Thomas and said, Thomas, touch this scar. Put your hand in this side. And they were going to rejoice because of the resurrection of Jesus. But now catch this. But what was going to be 
that that would produce joy over and over and over to you and I was the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Now catch this. Jesus was saying, guys, I've got to go. I'm going to a cross. I'm going to be crucified at the hands of evil men. The world is going to rejoice. Hell is going to rejoice because hell thinks that they have won the battle. The devil thinks that the battle is over. He thinks that I couldn't get him in Gethsemane. I couldn't get him on the mountain or out in the wilderness trying to tempt him to do something uh, that, would, uh, that would mar his character. I couldn't do any of that. I couldn't stop him uh, when he was born. I couldn't do any of that. But I got him to the cross. I have killed him. He is dead. Life is over. And the world rejoiced. It would be a sad day if that was the period at the end of the sentence. But when Jesus is involved in it, it is only a comma. Because there's a continuation that's going to come. The story is not over. Listen Your story is not over. I'm talking to somebody. Your story is not over. There is not a period at the end of your sentence. You just need to turn the page. Because you just finished with chapter 1, and God said that's not the end of the book. So just turn the page because chapter 2 is about to begin. I believe this morning that the church is about to move into another chapter of where we're going to begin to see some things we've not seen before. We're going to go through some things that we've never been through before. But rejoice in this, that Jesus is alive and well, and he is the resurrection and the life he is not dead but alive he is not wounded but he has been healed and restored and we can walk in the joy of the Lord a joy that cannot be taken away so what he was saying was this and I'm fixing to close the joy that you're going to have because I am resurrected it's going to be a joy that will never be able to be taken from you and all involved in that is the peace that surpasses all of our understanding it is something that goes beyond and transcends our abilities to comprehend and think But it is a joy that is very simple. If you abide in Christ, he will abide in you. If you stay connected to the vine. I was thinking this morning, and I'm I'm fixing to close. Number two, or three. I was thinking this morning. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19, it talks about this. Which hope we have as an anchor for the soul. Both sure and steadfast and which enters into uh, within the veil. The anchor, the hope that we have is, is like an anchor of the soul. And I read that this morning and I, I was thinking about 
the times that I've been on uh, the river and the water would be up and I would, I would drop the anchor and I drop the anchor you know how it is when you drop the anchor and it don't go to the bottom I'm still floating down the river I got the anchor out but I'm still floating down the river Holy Spirit spoke to me concerning that he said son the anchor is only as good as what it is founded on you see and there are many people today that you've got your anchor out but it's just dangling in the water see my faith is an anchor but my faith is only as strong as what my anchor is connected to when I connect myself to Jesus Christ my joy can remain full would you stand with me please listen in a time of so much discouragement so many things going on around us. No, we've never been down this road before. We've never had to experience the things that we're experiencing now. But like we said Wednesday night, when all these things are going on around us, God is wanting us to get stronger on the inside. God is saying, I want, you to, I want your faith to become stronger. And so this morning, I ask the question again, what is feeding you? What are you allowing to feed your spirit? What are you allowing to feed your mind? Stop allowing doubt, confusion, all this other stuff to feed your mind. We were talking the other day, I think it was me and Brother Tad were talking. It is impossible, it is impossible to feed on social media and maintain a spirit of joy. So what's feeding you? Let's pray. Father, Father, we come today. And Lord, we lift our hearts and our hands up to you this morning. God, knowing today that, that Father, that you've given us all that we need in your words you've shown us father you've shown us the map you've shown us the details of how we can walk in joy the joy of the Lord father I ask you this morning not only for those that are in this room today but those that are watching on live stream today 
that are struggling, that are dealing with, with battles, health issues, and mind issues, or financial issues, or those that are listening today, Father, that, that Lord, they, they need a relationship with you. Father, we pray for them this morning. Father, we pray today that, that Father, that we would recognize the need to get connected to the vine. Lord, that we would recognize the need to allow you, Holy Spirit, to feed us. Lord, we give you praise today, Father. I pray your blessings over this house today. I, I thank you this morning that, Father, that you are moving, God, and Holy Spirit, that you are working in the hearts and lives of those in this building, in this church, and a part of this ministry. So, Father, we lift them up to you today. I pray over every family, God, uh, that's here today, those that are watching on live stream, we pray over families today that you would cover them. You would strengthen them, Father. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord, that your blessings rest upon us. We thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength today. We give you praise this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen.